A reading from the book of Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, if someone has skin, a scab, a postule, or blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy, he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of the priests among his descendants. If the man is leprous and unclean, the priest shall declare him unclean by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean, as long as the sore is on him he shall declare himself unclean, since he is in fact unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. The word of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord, exalt you just, rejoice. 
a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks or the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, that they may be saved, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. The word of the Lord. be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, see that you tell no one anything but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed 
That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. The readings for this sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time pertain to a skin condition that is referred to as leprosy. And in our, in our own time, leprosy is commonly known as Hansen's disease. <clears throat> but however, in the Bible, the term leprosy applies to various kinds of skin conditions other than Hansen's disease. And as we can see from the first reading from Leviticus, the law of Moses had specific instructions concerning the handling of people afflicted with this condition and how the priests should conduct the rite of purification. And for those who contracted the disease, it became for them a form of living death. Not so much because the person was likely to die from it, but because they had to live separately from the rest of the community, outside of the camp. And the priest was charged with examining people with such conditions over a period of seven days. And he would make his determination based on the symptoms. If a person was determined to have leprosy, he or she was required to wear torn garments, wear their hair, hair disheveled, have their mouth covered, and they must declare themselves unclean. They also lived in isolation from the rest of society. And if the disease is found in a garment or in the walls of a house, these objects were also required to undergo ritual purification or to be destroyed if they could not be made clean. And these regulations naturally led to a perception among some of the people of Israel that leprosy must be a punishment for sin. Although this was not a view that was shared by all Israelites, some of them thought this way. After all, in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, Moses' sister Miriam contracted leprosy because she spoke against Moses, the Lord's anointed. And hence, in the minds of some of the Israelites, it would appear to them that those afflicted with leprosy had been justly punished for something they had done. Lepers not only suffered from the effects of their condition, but also faced alienation from their community, their family, and their friends as well as the possibility of being judged a sinner, even if they had not really done anything to deserve their reflection, or were at least not worse sinners than anyone else. Lepers were truly social outcasts of their time. And thus the first reading creates the necessary backdrop for the encounter between Jesus and the leper in the Gospel of Mark. The leper who approaches Jesus has likely already been suffering from the physical and social effects of the disease for many years. He would have suffered the alienation, the lack of human contact, the absence of community, and the social stigma of being branded as a sinner. And notice that the leper does not ask Jesus to heal him of his affliction. He simply acknowledges that Jesus has the power to make him clean 
It seems that the man's primary concern is to be declared clean so that he might be restored to his community. Perhaps he would have been willing to live with the physical condition if it meant that he could be restored as a respected member of society. And yet, as long as the symptoms of his condition remain visible, the law prevents him from enjoying full social status. And when Jesus sees the leper and listens to his request that he may be made clean, the text tells us that he is moved with pity. That is, he has compassion for the poor man. In other words, he does not yell at the man to, tell, to get away from him, nor does he hurl judgments or accusations against him. Instead, he sees the state of misery in which this man is immersed, and he is moved to do what is in his power to help him. Christ has not come to add to the burdens of sinners who are already weighed down with their, with their sin and with the alienation that accompanies it. He has come to heal and to restore what has been lost through sin. And the Catechism speaks about the compassion of our Lord in paragraph 1503, where it says, Christ's compassion toward the sick and his many healings of every kind of infirmity are a resplendent sign that God has visited his people and that the kingdom of God is close at hand. Jesus has the power not only to heal, but also to forgive sins. He has come to heal the whole man, soul and body. He is the physician the sick have need of. Christ does not deem the person in sin as an evil person, but as someone who is good because they are created by God, and yet they need healing. As leprosy is a physical malady, so is sin a spiritual malady. Christ has nothing but compassion for sinners, just as a good physician has compassion for his patients. He doesn't condemn his patients for their conditions. He desires their salvation and healing, not their condemnation. He desires to bless them, not to curse them. In the same paragraph from the Catechism goes on to say, Christ's preferential love for the sick has not ceased through the centuries to draw the very special attention of Christians toward all those who suffer in body and soul. It is the source of tireless efforts to comfort them. When Christians encounter people who are suffering from any sort of illness or affliction, whether physical, mental, or spiritual, our response should be inspired by Christ's response. We should be moved more readily with pity or compassion rather than with anger, fear, or a desire for vengeance or retribution. The saints throughout the church history have been models of Christian virtue in this regard. They have been moved by Christ's love to establish various ministries dedicated to all the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, so that those who are hungry are fed, the homeless are given shelter, the ignorant are given a proper education, the sick are provided with health care, and the weak or the poor are given the help they need. Christians look for every opportunity to seek out those who are suffering in any way and to try to find ways to alleviate that suffering 
or provide whatever support or comfort is necessary for that person if the suffering cannot be alleviated. And we believe that Christ, that with Christ, no person is beyond redemption. No person. And a wonderful modern example of how Christians can help those who are regarded as social outcasts is found in an outreach in Los Angeles called Homeboy Industries, which, is a which was established by the Jesuit priest, Father Gregory Boyle, in 1988. And Father Boyle had become the pastor of Dolores Mission Church in the late 80s, which was a location where there was the highest con concentration of gang activity in the whole city of Los Angeles. And at the time, there were eight gangs that were at war with each other and the violence had claimed the lives of so many young people. And Father Boyle was inspired to found Homeboy Industries because he had to bury these kids who were killed due to gang violence. And at first he started a school and a jobs program, and he tried to find local businesses that were willing to hire people convicted of felonies, but, he, but was unable to locate enough of them. And this led to the establishment of businesses, such as a bakery, where former gang members would have the opportunity to turn away from their former way of life and begin to make an honest living with a real paying job. And some of the services that are provided thanks to donations include free tattoo removal, educational classes, mental health treatment, case management, employment counseling, and even some work training. And they maintain an open door policy so that even those people who decide to leave Homeboy Industries are always welcome to come back. There's never an attitude of leave and don't come back. And on average, over 10,000 former gang members in Los Angeles each year come to Homeboy Industries to make a positive difference in their lives. And many of them end up with families, a home of their own, and a successful career. <clears throat> it's the, the largest outreach in the world to gang members, former gang members. And whereas people involved in gangs are usually looked down upon in society as social outcasts, as lepers of society, people like Father Boyle look at such people and he sees their inherent dignity and their potential as a child of God. He says that they do not join gangs because they see something positive, or they're not joining the gangs because of something positive, but because they are escaping from something horrible. Rather than shaming them and demeaning them, he shows them the love of Christ. And he helps them to see that there is something much greater for them that can bring them greater joy. He operates by inviting them to something better rather than shaming them for doing what is wrong. And as Jesus was unafraid to reach out and to touch the leper and to heal him, so we, we Christians are called to reach out to the marginalized, the social outcasts, and bring them the, the healing power of Christ's love. And I think our Holy Father, Pope Francis, puts it well in a homily that he gives on this passage from, Luke, from, from Mark. The church's way from the time of the Council of Jerusalem has always been the way of Jesus, <clears throat> the way of mercy and reinstatement, 
This does not mean underestimating the dangers of letting wolves into the fold, but welcoming the repentant prodigal son, healing the wounds of sin with courage and determination, rolling up our sleeves and not standing by and watching passively the suffering of the world. The way of the church is not to condemn anyone for eternity, but to pour out the balm of God's mercy on all those who ask for it with a sincere heart. The way of the church is precisely to leave her four walls behind and to go out in search of those who are distant, those essentially on the outskirts of life. It is to adopt fully God's own approach, to follow the master who said, those who are well have no need of the physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. And so may we open our hearts and to see the presence of Christ in everyone, especially the poor and the outcast, those on the margins, and look not on their sin, but on their God-given dignity, so that we might help them to become who they were meant to be, saints in the kingdom of heaven.